Welcome to a special edition of the Darden Admissions Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Woody, and you are listening to a new episode. So in this episode of the podcast, we're going to travel back in time to last weekend here at the University of Virginia to finals exercises. We thought it would be fun on this episode of the podcast to share the student speakers from the graduation ceremony with you. The student speakers include student leaders, as well as students who are nominated by their classmates and selected by their classmates to be the speaker at graduation. Up first, you're going to hear from full-time MBA students, Demario Moore, the outgoing president of the Darden Student Association, as well as the selected student speaker for the full-time MBA class of 2022, Alex Smith. A little later in the episode, you're going to hear from executive MBA students. So now, without further ado, here's Demario Moore and Alex Smith. Hi, everyone. My name is Demario Moore, and I'm the outgoing president of the Darden Student Association. And today, I'll be sharing some remarks for our graduating class. So give a round of applause for yourself. So Roy T. Bennett once said, your hardest times often lead to the greatest moments of your life. Keep going. Tough situations lead to the greatest moments of your life. When I reflect on my life, there have been several hard times, but each of them has led to a life-changing moment. There are two that I'll focus on today. The first is centered around my upbringing in Detroit. I grew up low income in a single family household with my mom and three of my siblings. Watching my mom juggle multiple jobs to provide for us was very difficult to witness. However, it taught me the value of grit and resilience. My superwoman, she motivated me not only to land my first job at 14, but to become the first person in my family to attain a college degree. The second period of resilience was during our first year of business school. I, like many of you, was not prepared for a global pandemic. Social distancing, Zoom classes, and virtual gatherings, they became our new normal. Additionally, death, depression, and other forms of mental health issues became too much for a lot of us. The nucleus of Darden's MBA program is the connections you're able to build over the course of two years. Therefore, not having the full in-person experience we all dreamed of, it hurt us. However, we persevered and we thought of new ways to get together. Whether it was getting together in a Huntington Field in small pods of 15, cheering our classmates on competing in the drag show over Zoom, or going with humans of Darden and having small dinners. I mean, let's think about it. We wanted to be together so bad that we drove over two hours to Danville to get the first dose of the COVID vaccine. We overcame so many obstacles, and we developed a sacred bond that will forever be unique to our class. So as you enter the next chapter of your lives, I want you to always remember, your hardest times often lead to the greatest moments of your life. Keep going. The greatest moment will come after that. Thank you so much. It's been a privilege to be here. Congrats to the graduates. So, the moment that many of us have been working, waiting for, I have the honor of introducing our next student leader, 
who's our speaker, who was elected by the full-time MBA class. I'm happy to say that he also is a Detroiter. I met him during my first week here at Darden, and we went to Moe's Barbecue, and we had a long conversation and talked about our history and what we wanted to do here at Darden. And we made a commitment, and he said to me, let's change this place. And this person did just that. So everybody, please help me give a warm welcome to my brother and my friend, Alex Smith. Thanks, Mario. Love you, brother. Good afternoon, or should I say good evening, Darden class of 2022. Sure, yeah, go for it. Let's go. I'm going to begin with a few thank yous. To the faculty and staff, thank you for your tireless commitment to making this experience truly transformational. To my classmates, thank you for being exceptional, compassionate, and determined. And to my international classmates, thank you for sharing your perspectives in a way that continue to make this world feel that much smaller. And lastly, to the families, both chosen and given, especially my family. We are here today because of the unconditional love and support that you have given us. Thank you. And with that, one last time, section D, are you ready? Let's dive in. Darden is a special place. It transforms us, teaches us to make decisions in ambiguity, and gifts us with a broad and powerful network. With such a robust value proposition, I surely thought we would also learn the formula for manipulating time as busy CEOs. I mean, each year, Darden pulls together 400 exceptional students, intelligent, thoughtful, intent on leaving their mark. We learn synergistic frameworks, in financial models and do stakeholder analyses until we are repeating the words stakeholder and map in our sleep. Alas, in typical Darden fashion, the lesson on controlling time was probably buried in the 20-page econ tech note that no one read. <laughs> Humor me for a second. If you had the superpower of influencing time, what would you do with it? Would you slow time down? to elongate the joyous feelings of deep connection that flood you during a Darden Stories event? Or would you speed up time? Maybe like the morning after TNDC. Of course, we do not have the superpower, or do we? Next week, we'll jet off across the world and into our new lives in the proverbial ivory towers of big business or the bullpens of the next unicorn startup. We'll draft pitch decks late into the night spin financial models that ultimately get moved to the appendix, and attend meeting after meeting that probably could have been an email. Through this, we will inevitably long to change the speed of time. And this, my friends, is where I have some great news. We've got the wrong goal. Instead of manipulating time, we should seek to squeeze every bit out of the time we are given by being mindful and intentional. Here's a playbook for making the most of each minute. Playbook idea one, use discomfort as a push. I used to be paralyzed by fear. I was terrified of being gay and of being an addict. Fast forward eight years and these two traits 
have become two things I'm not only the proudest of, but also two things that have brought unmeasurable joy into my life. Being openly gay gave me the man of my dreams. Someone who challenged me to see the world in entirely new ways and pushed me as I manifested a life beyond my wildest dreams. Not to mention, he kept most of us fed the past two years. <laughs> I, could have not done, I could not have done it without him, and had I not faced one of my life's greatest fears, I would have had to do it without him. The thought of that rips my heart out. Likewise, I was terrified of the world knowing that I was an addict. But by seeking help and having a family that rallied around me, I was blessed to find the stability, self-awareness, and determination that have brought me to today. While I almost never made the leap, I am thrilled that I decided not to play small and gift myself a second chance. I offer these examples not to dwell on the struggles of the past, but to inspire us for the challenge of the future. When faced with fears, we can do two things, run through or run away. I hope you'll remember to run through because you never know what amazing life is waiting for you on the other side. Someone once said, your fears, worries, and false beliefs do not keep you safe, they keep you small. Which brings me to playbook idea number two, stop playing small. Remember those times in class when you stayed silent, convinced your point, wasn't smart enough, only to have someone else make the exact same point and get a nod of confirmation from the professor in the class? Me too. This is playing small, and I'm reminding us to stop it. Some of my most memorable learning experiences at Darden came when I raised my hand, stated a crisp response, and heard, anyone else want to chime in? <laughs> Those moments make life interesting and worthwhile. If we play small, we lose one of life's most valuable experiences, being wrong. We must be wrong, and we must own being wrong to grow. So day one at your new job, be okay with being wrong. And hey, if it backfires, call me. I'll try to cheer you up. Lastly, playbook idea three, extinguish regrets. Take a second and think back on something you regret. My guess is that it's something you didn't do. Inaction regrets are the ones that nag at us the most. Research shows that inaction regrets fall into one of two categories, boldness or connection. Boldness regrets encompass not taking that trip, not advocating for someone else in a tense moment, or not telling that cute guy how you truly feel. Connection regrets are just that, not taking the steps to connect with people on a deeper level. Oftentimes, this inaction is the result of a desire to, to avoid the feelings of disappointment and shame that accompany failure. But those feelings can be powerful guideposts. Ultimately, we act in accordance with the feeling we are seeking to avoid the most. So, when faced with the risk of failure or the profound sadness of regret, which will we choose? Well, if we can shift our perspective on failure, stop seeing it as a catastrophic embarrassment or a complete negation of our value, we've all been there, and instead look at it as an opportunity for growth, 
we'll find it that much easier to be bold. The next time you are faced with this dilemma, I hope you remember how bold you can be. You took a chance on yourself, probably like me, took the GMAT five times, and wrote that Darden application. Look at you now. We are all capable of making the most of our time on this planet. If we remind ourselves daily of this playbook, then maybe our dreams of the life we hope to create will not seem so far-fetched. We can stop running in place and get where we want to go. I mean, had you told me 10 years ago that I would be an out, married, gay man who was eight years sober and graduating from one of the world's premier MBA programs, I probably would have checked you into rehab. <laughs> but here I am. And here we are. We are all living those dreams that we had years ago, and we are on the precipice of achieving the dreams we carry with us now. Congratulations, Darden Class of 2022. Love and light to you all. And those were the remarks from Alex Smith, the selected speaker for the full-time MBA Class of 2022. And now, we're going to transition to the Executive MBA student speakers. Up first, you will hear the outgoing president of the Executive Student Association, Catriona Statler-Air, followed by the selected graduation speaker for the Executive MBA Class of 2022, Joe Stanley. Faculty, staff, friends, and family, thank you for joining our magical graduation celebration. This morning when I walked down the lawn, it was magical to see all those people celebrating us. It was, Darden has helpfully provided us with magical gowns. And after sitting on the lawn this morning, I am very thankful for the magic that is air conditioning. I am Catriona Statler-Air, and I'm president of the Executive Student Association. I'm here representing the fantastic members of the class of 2022. Woo! As a class, we chose to say yes. We said yes to going back to school at the start of a pandemic to learn new skills, to further our learnings, and to expand our horizons. We said yes to learning hard things, like finance and DA. Sorry, no, I, I actually really like operations. <laughs> we said yes to helping each other through career and life transitions. We said yes to expanding, exploring new career directions and learning outside the classroom. And I urge you to continue to say yes to new opportunities, even though they may seem scary at first. You have all proven that you are strong leaders and remarkable people. I encourage you to honor our friendships that we've made by staying connected. Continue to lean on each other as you continue life's journey. In the words of our classmate, you rock, 
keep changing. And now allow me to introduce Joe Stanley, our elected class speaker. Here we go. So today I want to talk about the idea of community in the market. I'm not even joking, get ready for it. This is what's happening right now. But to discuss that idea, <laughs> we good, perfect. Uh, I need to discuss another one first. Compared to residential programs, executive MBAs tend to get a bad rap. Uh, I think I speak for all of us when I say that the idea of cash inflows alongside cash outflows makes a lot of business sense. So I'm not exactly sure where that kind of heat comes from. But doing an executive program in these unprecedented times really elevated the value to a new level. I learned alongside colleagues that were on the proverbial front lines during the height of the pandemic. I learned from others that had previously been on literal front lines now coordinating the U.S. response to global conflicts. Logistics experts trying to navigate a disrupted supply chain. Teachers trying to grapple with a profession that had become the source of political polarization. Leaders in the arts having to radically rethink their organizations at a time when they couldn't even do live shows. All of these experiences filtered through the casework of our academic learning resulted in a value that far surpassed anything I would have ever expected. Simply put, each of you has changed me, and I thank you for it. None of us could have made it through this time alone, and none of us did. Over the past 20 months, a community was formed. We carried one another and were carried in turn. We weren't thinking in terms of quid pro quo or scarcity, but instead, of abundance, that gentle whisper in the back of one's head that says, this person is in pain and I can alleviate that pain, so I will. I witness classmates give at great tremendous cost to themselves, others expressing deep vulnerabilities just to let others know that they were not alone. During our last day together, we spent the morning sharing what made this all so meaningful. And as Katrina kind of joked earlier, it wasn't complex decision trees. It wasn't VC method valuation. Okay, maybe that's not really a surprise. Uh, what everyone said time and again was that the bonds we formed and reinforced were the most important part of what we were taking away from all of this. Look around you. How will you preserve those bonds in the absence of this program? It's an important point to keep in mind as business leaders because markets and communities shape one another. I once was speaking with the members of an Amish community who explained their rationale for why they don't use insurance. Insurance may provide superior risk mitigation on a personal level, but it erodes the type of mutual aid that is the bedrock of their community. And while I don't suspect anyone in this audience is particularly clamoring to go adopt the Amish lifestyle, that point may nonetheless resonate. I say that because in America, even before the pandemic, we're becoming lonelier. Studies have shown more Americans feel isolated, 
our average number of close friends has declined, and we're seeing a continued rise in the rate of depression globally. These trends have clear origins from our built environments, commercialization of politics, terrifying forecasts of global climate change, and as Dean Beardsley noted earlier, the impacts of social media. I posit much of this isolation stems fundamentally from commercial activities eroding systems of community. The great powers of the market being welded without true care. This erosion leads to a scarcity mindset, born of equal parts fear and despair. A mindset which encourages further isolation and distrust, seeing the world as a zero-sum game to be won. And left unchecked, has come to threaten some of the most foundational values of our republic. Now, I'm sure the tone of the speech isn't exactly what you're expecting, uh, but in the face of all of this, I'm optimistic. Because just as markets can erode the bonds of community, they can enhance them. They can serve as the foundation for multiple communities to interact. And just as markets shape communities, communities shape markets. Communities such as our own. A classmate was kind enough to share one of the first speeches given within this institution, commemorating the formation of Darden. And it's clear from the writings that our community came from the need for a local place of learning to cultivate the next generation of leaders, teaching them not simply to do well, but to do good. And it's that last bit that invalidates the scarcity mindset for me. Because while actual material resources may be finite, our capacity for grace and ingenuity is limitless. We, this community, will help overcome these challenges and more. Not by castigating the marketplace or through the easy tactics of social division, but through the hard, ceaseless work of collaboration, of extending when it's all too easy to retract, of aligning commerce and community in a self-reinforcing cycle, by applying a higher standard, choosing the harder path, and holding one another to it, originating from a mindset of abundance, of growing the pie, of effectual thinking, whatever terminology you want to use, it's all predicated on that most revolutionary of acts, of hope. So it's with that in mind, I leave you this simple charge. No matter what you do next, no matter how great, how small, choose that harder path, hold one another to it. And in the face of despair, may you never yield, for you're never alone. Thank you. And that was our special edition spotlight on finals exercises here at the Darden School of Business. I hope you enjoyed hearing from the student speakers. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.